Welcome to the Oda Magazine podcast. We at Oda desire to give a deeper insight into the people we spend time with through a podcast featuring creatives and entrepreneurs across art, fashion, films, and other creative disciplines. Each episode highlights the work of individuals actively participating in culture and the conversations they inspire. Our guests discuss how they see the future dealing with themes such as diversity, equality, understanding, and of course, passion. Odda is a platform where self-expression, imagination, and dreams are brought to the next level and shared with those looking to be inspired. So, hello everyone. Thank you so much for um, spending the time to watch this conversation. Uh, my name is Danny Coyle. I am an intersex artist and activist based in London, and I just finished my master's in gender studies at the University of Oxford. Um, today I'm going to be talking to one of my personal favorite artists. I'm so excited that you agreed to do this. Um, Shalvanik Vashvili. Have I said that right? Totally right. Beautiful. Um, yes, for Odder Magazine. So again, thank you so much. And Shalva, how are you doing? Um, first of all, hello everyone. And thank you for your invitation to talk with me. Um, and how am I doing? I'm doing up, I'm doing up and downs. Depends on the day mood I am. Uh, I won't say that I'm perfectly on the right mind at this point in my life. Uh, but I, I try my best to keep going, to not get completely mad and insane. <laughs> <laughs> That's a beautiful answer and I feel like we can all relate. I feel like this heat in London, I don't know how, where you are at the moment, but I feel like this is just getting under my skin, like the heat is just making everyone go a bit mad, I think. <laughs> I live in Germany, unfortunately here it's not really good weather and I think it really relates to the people in Germany. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the weather really affects the people behaviors and now i understand why germans are grumpy because i'm <laughs> in germany <laughs> i mean fair enough um yeah. for those of for everyone watching who isn't um like aware of your work i would love it if you could just start with um just a little introduction on yourself a little bit on your practice um yeah sure so at this point, end of this month, I'm becoming 32, and originally I come from Georgia. Uh, I was born and grown up on a countryside, a little bit far away from the capital of Georgia, Tbilisi. And since literally I remember myself, like, I've been busy creating and working and making things by hand. Um, and my mother always told me, and she still repeats that, I was then almost two years old when I first time took a pencil in my hand and she mentions that actually I hold it perfectly without knowing how to use the pencil and I start drawing and I have made a drawing of my grandma uh, and um, this is the this is what I don't remember but since then like I remember that I've been constantly making things uh, endlessly but sure I I was born and growing up in a very traditional uh, Christian Orthodox uh, family. And over the time, I remember my first memory about uh, being confront confronted of uh, uh, that something was forbidden for me. I was when I was around six years old, when my family was not really happy of me being uh, that much creative because I was, I was making sculptures, but the sculptures were constantly females and um, playing with the female body. And I was putting the clothes of my grandma or my mother. And uh, I was all constantly playing the role of somebody else. But, but this was constantly female, uh, has never been a man. And this was a huge problem for my family. I remember from very young age, how they tried to forbid me, first of all, to be creative second of all, to be free as a human. And um, this, uh, this feeling something of something having forbidden in my life, I think this is what keeps me going until mm. as an artist. Mm. And then growing up and then moving to the capital and then um, going to the art university secret secretly because my family uh, made it very clear 
uh, that uh, I was not allowed when I would finish uh, high school to go to the art university because it was full with the gays uh, and prostitutes. Uh, so there was the, <laughs> the argument about it, but I still made it. Mm, I succeeded to, to go on the exams and I got entrance and uh, I got a really high points without being educated in art at all. It was all just by myself imagining what's, what I have to be doing as an artist or drawing or how, how should I be drawing. Um, and um, yeah, this, this, this is the thing that um, always haunts me somehow, uh, that people always forbid me mm. in general life. Um, it's quite complicated to explain because I have to go really into the details of something. I don't know how much time I have, but briefly to explain, it's like my family has been forbidding. Um, then I got rejected in a country uh, where I was living as a, as a gay person, as, a, as an artist also, just because of being gay and nobody takes you seriously just because you're gay. Um, mm -hmm. Then moving out from, uh, moving out from uh, my homeland and having my first husband, um, also getting for things forbidden just because I, I, it's a bit complicated because it was a really complicated relationship uh, where I have been sexually, mentally abused and so on and so on over the three years. Um, so I, I won't go to that road at this point. And um, then somehow start building my own uh, ground somehow as an artist to find my space and place. Uh, then it came the rejections and misunderstanding by uh, people who, who are in charge of art or art spaces and institutions and so on and so on, just because of the idea of, not idea, the label I always gonna carry on my shoulders, which I'm mm. really proud of. I never reject it or um, feel ashamed about it being, uh, being, first of all, Eastern European. And on the second place being uh, gay is my sexual preference, uh, which doesn't have to be affecting other people's opinion about it. But even though living in a Western society, uh, still um, the art world is run by a masculine straight man. And um, the spaces or uh, museums or institutions are showing um, the artists or mainly gay queer artists are still the artists who are kind of uh, puzzling of a high society. Uh, mm. The artists, they are pure decoration, which I'm gonna mention one artist due to my huge respect um, to this artist, David Hockney. I really like it as an aesthetic. Um, it's, it's beautiful, it's interesting, it's playful. Uh, and this is the one of the big name I know in art uh, seen as a gay artist who is really successful. Um, so um, how to say, it's, um, it still keeps going, doesn't matter how much work I'm gonna do, where I'm gonna show my work, but uh, my practice over the years became, so maybe I'm gonna return now back to, to your question because sometimes I'm losing my mind when I'm, when I'm going into these topics, I'm like <laughs> getting angry and then talking more and more. Uh, so, but the thing it is that actually, so um, my work over the years somehow became passive aggressive. Mm. Aligning between something beautiful and something really disturbing, uh, which is kind of, at this point, my language of communicating with the public. Um, I don't know how much I'm succeeding in this, really, if I'm really capable at this point to really make people understand um, what I mean. Uh, because sometimes when I have interviews, I get really funny questions from uh, people and uh, uh, I'm often really straightforward and really getting really pissed off about these questions because it's, it's so empty. Um, I, somebody asked me a while ago for interviews that uh, sometimes I pretend of being a bunny and being haunted by a, um, a hunter and this person found it really funny. Uh, and it, uh, actually, I was, <laughs> I became quite uh, pissed about that because, uh, mm, first of all, I don't consider something funny of bunnies or deers or any other sort of animal being hunted by humans, uh, where we always bring up the 
arguments that just we have to hunt it because there is not enough wolves or foxes or uh, bears and so on. But this is the reason because we humans, we destroyed these animals. And second of all, me pretending being a bunny, for example, is something it's a photo or it's a performance or something. This is the a real suggestion, like open suggestion to the society, like punch me, hurt me, uh, I don't know, kill me, uh, do whatever you want. Because maybe somehow as a person, I'm not talking as an artist, maybe somehow as a person, I'm already killed, uh, hunted, eaten by, and uh, many other things. So this is the uh, answer to my question to those one question by uh, one magazine, uh, but this is uh, maybe this this is this will be the way of explaining my way of working somehow. Uh, I wrote, you know, like quite often when I'm sometimes listening my own uh, um, recording or reading an interview. Sometimes it feels like I'm I'm too poetic still on a way the way I'm explaining. Maybe sometimes I really. <laughs> lot of dirty, ugly words to really express. But <laughs> <laughs> at the same time, taking a big pot of iron away and breaking on the wall. Um, <laughs> That's perfect. And you've touched on it a little bit already, but so how, like, how do you feel like those intersecting identities that you've just touched upon, like growing up in Georgia, being a queer person, um, you know, being a migrant to Germany, you know, all of these things, all, all of these intersection, intersecting marginalizations, how do they inform your practice? And how important are they for your practice? Mm, I think, <clears throat> I think it's, it's, uh, it's been very important for me of moving and changing places from Georgia to Belgium and now Germany and at the same time sometimes traveling because of the work which is nothing important because you don't leave you just travel um, but it has been very important because you know why um, because um, all these changes made me more and more lonely like I moved to Georgia I moved to Belgium I became lonely just because it was difficult to um, communicate with the people and so on and so on and I was used to a different way of mentality I never made a coffee, coffee appointments to go for a coffee like three weeks before mm. but people, this is the way people deal with certain things so I was like okay in three weeks I don't know if I'm alive so I'm just gonna so <laughs> <laughs> um, and it made me lonely um, which helped me to think um, now when I'm thinking back about times in the back in the past, I think I was not really thinking much just because I was constantly distracted with the certain things, people, friends, this and that. And being lonely uh, made me understand a lot. First of all, about myself and also about outside world and the general things around me. And then now moving from Belgium after almost seven years to Germany on the countryside, it made me even more lonely because here is literally not even a supermarket. It's 320 people, beautiful nature. Um, and there is happening nothing besides my house, my atelier and my dogs. So being so lonely again somehow made me even go deeper in my mind and understand a lot what I'm doing and why I'm doing. I start questioning so many things that I've been doing in the past related with my work uh, that if I were on the point that I am now mentally, I would not, I would not, I would not have done that. Mm. Uh, somehow, somehow it's uh, quite scary being lonely, but at the same time, it's very interesting of um, understanding a lot. I'm not talking about private life. Fuck private life, it's always mess. You know, like uh, um, there is one husband, there is a second husband, there is maybe a third husband, there is gonna be hundreds of boyfriends or girlfriends. <laughs> you know, like there's friends coming, going, coming and going, coming and going, and so many things. I stopped caring about all the things over these years. The one thing that I understand with this loneliness and being far away from my home country uh, made me understood one really important thing. 
the only one thing that it really matters in my life and does not make me angry or frustrated or disappointed is my work. My work is something that it's, um, it kept me alive until now. It keeps me going as a person. Um, it, gives, uh, it gives them meaning in general. Mm. Because if I was without this, I don't know who I would have been or if I would have been existing at all in this planet that we are living in. Uh, so um, I think uh, being an immigrant, being far away, being alone, being uh, misunderstood, mistreated, whatever it's going to be from a people, um, it helps you. It doesn't matter if you are an artist, you are a writer, you are a singer, whoever you are. Uh, related something creative I'm talking about. Um, it's, uh, it's important. It's important, uh, especially nowadays we are living in because uh, everything is about internet and social media and um, uh, lies, you know, like um, about, everything is built about lies and showing off. And somehow all of us, we are getting more and more depressed with this. So taking step backwards and just like going and finding yourself who you really are, I think a lot of people should do that because afterwards you will never find the happiness, complete happiness and satisfaction about life because it's impossible. Mm -hmm. But at least you will understand where you are standing as an artist. Do you think that loneliness is a key ingredient for creating meaningful art for you? I think for me, you know, it's a very key element for me in my life. If I'm, if I'm feeling horrible, miserable, lonely at the same time and many other things, that's where it comes the, I would say the great ideas. Mm. Uh, it's somehow I'm used to of not having a really comfortable idea about life. Um, because if it's really sunny, if it's good weather, everything is fantastic. I have enough money. I don't know. My family loves me. My husband loves me. My <laughs> friend loves me. Okay. <laughs> then I became, then I'm becoming paralyzed somehow. And co complacent somehow, I find. It, yeah. It's good positivity, you know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> For me, at this point at least, I won't say that I'm going to live forever here. I'm going to be forever lonely, feeling mentally or physically lonely. But at this point, I'm really pushing the boundary somehow, um, testing myself. You know, sometimes it's not only about physically creating an art, a sculpture or a film or anything. It's, um, it's, a, it's being an artist, it's like daily exercising, mentally exercising, um, pushing so much boundaries in your head um, to come to the point where you create something that it has really a power, a certain feeling and power to, to inspire others. Because for me, this is an art, mm. uh, any sort of art. If you just look at it and you're just like feeling pleasant or mm. yet, I think this sort of art does not really have a meaning in general. It's just aesthetic. I still believe that art has to change things art has to fight for certain things um and because otherwise otherwise we are in the hands of the politicians mm. and uh i really don't want to imagine uh only that you know like in life is the, the life's only run and um monitored by politics and governments and so on and so on which i really miss nowadays of activism uh strong voice power um, collective work which is disappearing unfortunately mm. uh, which is really really important I believe it's really important do you think activism what, what do you think about the relationship between art and activism would you call yourself would you would you say your art is inherently activist um, with the kind of themes that you're talking about Sure, sure. You know, like I've heard few many times. Somehow I've heard from many artists, and I forgot few really famous and successful artists who were like refusing, like, don't name me as an activist. I'm not an activist. So somehow it's like, you know, like for a lot of people, activism is um, 
identified with something crazy people who are just shouting, you know, like, mm -hmm. or uh, mm, being an artist is a higher level than being an activist. You know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, still, yeah. it's still this kind of like, you know, steps, even though some people can be pretending I'm so open-minded, you know, like, look at me, but they're so, you know, like somewhere buried under the um, floor of concrete or whatever. Um, so I believe, like, as I see myself, somehow I see everything at the same time. Um, as an activist, as an artist, or wherever you, you know, like wherever you can name it, still the words we 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 put on each other. What I want to do and what I want to what I want to succeed in general is of making people think. Mm. Um, unfortunately, I can I can't really share all my works uh, on social media or many other institutions because quite often my work gets uh, censored not only social media i'm talking also offline um, and um, sometimes this is really painful because i feel like i don't have enough opportunities of really communicating with the public mm. so being as an, uh, maybe that's the problem of some people consider me also partly activist uh, and what's, what's the activism? Activism is something that you that you fight for certain rights or changes, and uh, you don't have a limits. Uh, you you say out loud, sharp, painful things uh, that other people doesn't want to hear. That and this is what I'm doing constantly as well. Mm. I don't I don't um, massage somebody's small asshole. And so your work obviously touches a lot on queerness, on gender, on gender roles. Um, as you were saying, like this comes from such a young age of people not wanting you to explore your gender, your sexuality, your expressions. Um, what have you learned about all of those things through the production of art? Like within your practice, what has it, has it like, you know, did it go hand in hand? Did one influence the other? Was it like chicken egg situation? You know, how did they, what was that kind of relationship like? Um, you, you know, like all these, all these connections together is just some, somehow it becomes in one pot. Yeah. Because it all happens around me, it all happened with me, uh, growing, uh, experiencing, and it, it somehow goes hand in hand. Mm. Um, everything at the same time, it gets connected and blended. And um, then somehow even me really understanding quite often what I'm doing, it sometimes needs to go some time to really even understand my own work, mm. real real idea and the meaning behind it. It's, um, it's so deep in me um, that it just like comes, comes out naturally somehow. Um, all, all the anger or the disappointment of being a, a queer artist, let's 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 call it like that, um, is um, it goes hand in hand. Mm. It inspires each other. It's inseparable. And, yeah. So. And and no, I think like again as artists I think you know you can't really the border between self and you know the extension of self which is the work you know just permeates and becomes one so that makes total sense um yeah, and you don't really seem oh sorry I mean it's just really you know like I really don't have a separation between myself as a person and my work it's uh, an extension it's, of the self like it's, yeah it's, it's just it's it's um, it's not even extension, it's, it's big, way bigger than extension. Mm. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I, I feel can, like, it, even I can with your <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, I can risk everything uh, mm. for my work. Uh, mm. I, I can, I can refuse the people maybe I, I love or loved in my life because of my work. I, mm, I remember my, when my grandma died and this was the, the, the most important person in my life since I was born and growing up. On the same day when I hear that my grandma passed away, I still went to art school and I still did my work 
and I was around 19 years old. And since then, whatever is gonna happen in my life, I don't know, somebody died, uh, I knew, or something really bad happens or whatever happens, somehow, I don't know, I have a shield around me that's, it's not that I don't care, it's just mm, my dedication to my work is way higher than moaning on somebody's death, for example. Mm. I accept also that fact, you know, like we're all gonna die on one point, it's no matter when. Um, and um, I, I, I won't say that I don't care, but somehow maybe it's gonna sound like that, that I don't care. Yes, actually, I don't care whatever is happening around me as long as I'm having a possibility of keep doing what I'm doing. And I feel like maybe maybe you don't care is a bit harsh, like obviously not to put words in your mouth, but maybe this is just, that is how you process, you know, this the things that happen around you, you know? Maybe uh, or... I don't know. No? Let's be honest. You know, uh, to be honest, I don't really know. I can't really be straight about that. Mm. Um, it, it's the way maybe I see in general the world. Um, uh, how, how I see the life and death or how I see relationship or how I see friendship and things um, is maybe the matter of the, my way of seeing certain things. Um, I think the world is built about the drama in general on a way like unnecessary dramas. I believe that certain things that I don't really care. But this happened over the years. It's not that mm. I was born. This. I think I, I just I just um, learned how to uh, don't become part of big dramas in the world. Mm. I'd love to talk about the media that you use in your work. You don't really seem to be, you know, um, like fixed on one medium. You sort of oscillate between a bunch of different things, you know, whether that's illustration or text or like sort of wearable sculptures, even jewellery. Um, what kind of like this kind of post medium approach? What does that offer to your practice, and like how does it fit in conceptually with how you create work? You know, the one thing I will I will start before I answer this question. Um, there is one thing in my in my work and in my practice. There is no any rule. Mm. I don't have rules and I don't have limitations about anything, and that's why I feel free of touching any sort of medium. It does not matter, I learned, I have information, I know how to make it, I know how to, I don't know, edit the video or work on a film as a director or anything, you know, like, I have a, I, I'm, not, I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid to touch anything. Mm. Because I believe if you fail, uh, this is even better. Just because it kicks my ass in a way, way more harder to come to the point that I can do that. Um, and uh, this is the reason why I don't get stuck in one thing. Um, I often look at some people, some artists, and I'm thinking like, wow, like, um, this is great that you can be doing the rest of your life only one thing. Uh, I, love, I love Agnes Martin, painter. Um, she, she was a fantastic painter, but the she, only things that she was doing all her life was just the line drawings of the apparel on over and over in different shades, different shapes, uh, different directions. And I think that the, I admire that, that she did not get bored. Mm. Maybe she, she went so far with her mind that she somehow got lost in it, you know? You never mm. know. Uh, um, I find it very boring if I have to be doing only one thing in a life or uh, being only with one person in a life mm. and many other on one place. I, um, I have a root of Roma and I always mention that uh, with people. Maybe this is something that it's in my blood somehow that I'm not capable of being on one place. I'm not capable of doing one thing in a life. I need, I need adventures. I like I like excitement. Um, mm. I can easily get bored with people, uh, with cities, with everything, even with my work. If I have to be doing, working on one thing for uh, four months, this is for me a limit when I feel like it's, it's, it's getting over the limits. I can't do mm. this anymore. I have to change it. I have to do something else. So I think it's more my curiosity as a 
being a curious in general, I like new things. Uh, mm. and that's why I constantly work with a different medium because it's, anyways, it's me. It doesn't matter if I do a video or I do sculpture or I just uh, sit somewhere, <laughs> you know, it's all me. It's like, mm. um, I'm, not, I'm not doing this to excite people. I'm doing it for myself of uh, finding new languages to communicate as an artist. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, I think that's super interesting. And something that you touched on earlier was social media. And obviously, you know, being an artist, you can't, you can't escape social media these days, like you kind of need to be your publicist, you need to be your, like, you need to be every, your manager, everything. Um, and I think something that's interesting is obviously like things like Instagram um, is based off algorithms that like the same thing over and over again like accounts that perform well do one thing very well a lot you know it's like the kind of people want to follow somebody that they know what they can expect from them um and I think that kind of like mixing up mediums mi mixing up messages mixing up formats is something that actually the algorithms do not like they don't want that from you um uh, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on that um maybe more broadly your thoughts on technology and how technology plays into your practice. I'm in love with the series that you do, um, where you go on these kind of like chat roulette kind of sites, Omegle sites and talk to these people and have these very organic interactions with them. Um, and that's kind of, in my mind, obviously very different to something like Instagram, but obviously how you use technology is, is ever changing. And then how you kind of, yeah, I mean, try and survive as an artist as well. <laughs> like try and have people buy your work, see your work, have exposure. Like what, what kind of ways do you use technology in your practice? You know, like if, if, I, was, if I was born and grown up somewhere in the 80s or in 70s, trust me, nobody will know my name. Um, and that's the reason because there was no internet, there was no social media and there was no Instagram and many other things. And people like me would not have the possibility of having a voice. So definitely I have, a, I have a love and hate relationship with social media because I know without this, I would not be working with one of the biggest theater houses or opera houses at this point in my life without even doing an internship somewhere. You know, even I had not finished my studies. I don't have a diploma. I'm literally <laughs> uncertified artist for a um, So without all this, I would not be capable of doing that. But at the same time, going with the, with the pressure of censorship, um, the stupidity of likes, it doesn't matter how clever, how, how brilliant, how intelligent you are, it affects you, it's a toxic. It's a toxic of um, looking at your picture who, that you worked on it for weeks and it has a meaning and it can have 125 likes and you turn on another side and you see somebody showing a, a part of body or I don't know, drinking a cocktail somewhere or just dancing in a club. And this has thousands of likes. Um, it can affect you, not only as an artist, as a person, it can affect you and um, it creates a self-hate. People start self-hating themselves uh, because of the social media. The social media brought the idea of uh, <clears throat> healthy lifestyle you know, like mm. healthy, healthy living, healthy eating. Uh, that's why people are running to a gym. I'm not judging, I just find it funny. I'm always saying like, if you have <laughs> 28 hours in a day to contribute to a gym just to pump a couple of muscles on your body, wow. Um, <laughs> um, this is the reason people are running and doing all these things just because to fit in a frame frame which is painful, frame which is hurting so many people. What is the idea of the beauty? Now, unfortunately, in the past, uh, Harper's Bazaar or Woke magazine or uh, small maybe TV channels were mm, producing the idea of the beauty. Mm. Nowadays, social media is producing the idea of the beauty. And this is very painful. This is very painful and um, discriminating so many other people uh, who can't be included in that. Uh, because uh, first of all, I'm not saying that this 
poor people. No, those people are not poor people. Those people are not ugly people and they will never become beautiful. This is what I meant. It's more about how, how brainwashed and how stupid the idea of these rules are. This is really painful and really sad just because it destroys, it destroys the idea of enjoying your life. Mm. Uh, and the idea of having your own beauty you know uh, so um, social media is um, somehow important but at the same time it's not important at all and it's, I'm coming slowly to this point uh, I'm slowly realizing how unimportant it is actually I, I'm still questioning how did I reach to get 53,000 people where like constantly it goes up and down and mm. people are follow me and this and that and two years ago I had more like you know thinking like felt a bit hurt like people don't like me anymore you know like people people don't like people don't want to see my work anymore and so on and, but it's actually it's, it's, it's a stupidity it's a stupidity you know like we all want to be liked and loved and understood and cared and this is the poison that social media sells convince you that you can get it there but unfortunately don't get it there and in the end somehow you come to the point where you realize that actually offline life is so important like it has you need to do way more to take care of that instead of instead of amusing other people it doesn't matter as an artist as an just a person who works uh, in a daycare of old people it doesn't matter um we all need to take way more care of our life than social uh, life on social medias because this does not change anything. Mm. We still feel somehow depressed, hurt, um, misunderstood. So it's better to move in real life. And this is the thing that I, uh, uh, I'm really not... It's, it's, it's a bit complicated topic I'm going to touch. Um, for example, what happened, what's happening still with the Russia and Ukraine situation? I've seen Ukrainian flags all over last half year, everywhere. Uh, people writing and um, sharing things and announcing donations and this and that. And when it was all this happening, um, I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna donate to any big organizations because I don't trust. I'm not gonna do any of this stupidity. The thing I'm gonna do, I'm gonna research, use my contacts to find the people who are really working, supporting people inside Ukraine, locals, that I can send them money or any other support. So I found the right person. I announced, uh, I worked on a book um online digital book which cost five euro and 100 percent was going to um support these people uh i remember my day story uh my only my day story announcing about that it had around nineteen thousand views and the posts on on instagram official likes went 89 and um views was almost like 30,000, the people who viewed this post. And I made around 135 euro uh, out of this. And this is, the, this is the social media. The social media is like somebody's long, uh, useless tongue, just <laughs> over and over. But in real action, it does not bring anything. Uh, so this is happening constantly um, about Black Lives Matter now, Ukraine, and uh, many other things. And I don't believe, sure, it's opens, it's, it has a more um, possibility to, to reach the audience and public. But I don't think in general, when you step outside, it changes something. It still stays somewhere on the screen. The anger stays on a screen. Uh, anger does not go out. And this is what we need, actually. If we have a problem, you don't have to bullshit on social media. You need to collectively step outside because 
nobody cares about this, you know, like this is all designed and created to easily manipulate and uh, make us really small, actually, at the same time mm -hmm. to give you the power that you are someone, but actually we are no one in the end because we just stay scrolling on these stupid black screens. Um, so um, social media is it's a complicated thing. And I think the technology goes so far, we're gonna, uh, I don't wanna see at least myself was gonna be in 50, 60, 70 years. I hope I'm gonna be long way gone then. <laughs> <laughs> and what um, about digital media? Yes. Not, not um, specifically social media, but how, because obviously you said from, from a very young age, you liked making physical things with your hands. Exactly. Do you enjoy using, do you enjoy using digital softwares do you enjoy using because obviously you use kind of like digital sites but basically to like communicate and image capture but do yeah. you would would you use digital media to create the work itself I no i think so you know like my first computer i got i was um, 19 years old it was my first interaction with the computer and since then it stays very limited mm -hmm. uh, uh, I have I don't really have an interest of digital arts, NFTs and things like that. When I hear that, I quite often laugh, laugh about the idea. When I work with this web recording, which I made actually two months ago, the complete film was shown during Berlin um, Gallery Weekend in Berlin. Um, and since then, when I'm sending to the, some specific institutions, everywhere it gets rejected just because it's um, it's, it's too much for those people to show it. Um, mm -hmm. Then for this specific reason, I literally just use, um, I even has to Google how that works uh, to do the screen recording of your uh, laptop or something, you know? And um, when I work with the films, uh, short films or something, I always use VHS because I, I like the- Physicality. You know, I like the touch of it. I like the cameras I have, four or five cameras, uh, cassettes, and uh, then uh, I, I have to digitalize all these files because otherwise I can't, I can't work with that. But even this process, it's something handy for me, mm. you know? Um, it still feels, um, it feels something organic. When I do all these films uh, and I drop it on my computer, it feels like I just have a material, like physical material, as I would sit front of the front of my, um working table and there is a clay or something and start making not mm -hmm. really thinking what i'm going to do just you know like following your hands and the mind is flying everywhere um so um digital art somehow makes sense because you have you have zero waste mm -hmm. which, I, which i want to which i want to support because I've been thinking for a while how to be an artist without doing anything actually and just sitting, you know. <laughs> 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 maybe, talking, maybe only talking, not even writing. Because <laughs> uh, you know, like trying to understand some things. Uh, but at the same time, it's um, I don't think it's organic. Mm. Because we humans, we need to we need to work. It's not, we, we need to play with our hands. Mm. Um, it's something, you know, like you can't take that it's, it's in our DNA. It's, it's part of us. Mm. So I don't think, uh, I hope at least that the world is not gonna turn into a place where everything's gonna be digital. Mm. Because that's gonna make, um, that's, go that's gonna be very depressive. Mm. And what, is there a piece that you could talk us through or even that you have in the room? Like, I'd love to hear a bit more about your process. Um, and just like, yeah, is there a piece that you particularly feel like communicates and does what you wanted to do? Like, I don't want to say that you like the most, it feels a bit like pathetic, but is there a piece that you really love? Um, yeah, just if there was a piece that you'd like to tell people about, what piece would that be? Um, you know, I, I worked, I was working lately about one piece, um, and in the end it turned to become a documentary, 
I announced a while ago on my social media that I was searching for sex workers uh, to work. And there was a lot of people taking contact with me, the ones who are, um, who are occupied doing a sex work as their work. And um, I had, a, I had a interviews, um, telephone interviews with each of them. And I selected most of them actually out of it. Um, interviews where we talked nothing about sex. Um, it was about childhoods. I had the same questions for everyone um, and asking the same questions. And literally I had almost some of them two hours talking and mm. I always started my conversation that's just take me as your string. Just try, take me, I'm, I'm your therapist. Be open, honest, transparent, nothing, you know, like. Um, and those people uh, gave me answers and they opened themselves to a total stranger, the guys that they have never ever met in their life. Mm -hmm. And they talked so emotionally about certain things. I, I almost got in a few moments like really claustrophobic because of mm -hmm. the tears pushing in my throat, you know? And I worked and I made a documentary which is gonna be uh, shown 14th of July in München on München Biennale. Uh, unfortunately, I can't go there because uh, I was going there, but my husband, mother passed away yesterday and um, I have to stay here to take care of my four dogs because I can't find babysitter nowhere. Uh, <laughs> and I made a documentary, kind of sort of documentary where me as a character um, performed into a certain scene and created a film and I consider this work not because it's freshly finished it's just like it's manifests not only me it manifests other people and mm. this is where I find it very powerful for me as an artist that this time I put myself outside and I brought other people to give them voices uh, so this is this is something really powerful for me, and definitely I could I could share this film uh, with you guys, and most likely if, if they want to show it somewhere online or something, I will be open for that because I'm talking now about it. Um, I can definitely contribute that for for this, but this um, work is something that's um, changed me. You know, mm. I, I'm extremely open-minded. I'm judging a lot of people. Like I'm judging everyone. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I've been judging people like, no, oh my God, if the, everybody in the world was sex worker, I think this world would be fantastic because um, not only not only way um, because of the sex, just because of the, the reason why you became sex worker. Mm. It's not so those people are people um, beautiful souls went through with so many chapters in their life uh, and they have so much to give this is this is so beautiful mm. and there is there is a certain groups of educated uh, conservative part of society that they are running the world and destroying everything and I want those people to listen these people in my film. And this is, maybe it's not gonna happen now, but maybe it's gonna happen in the future that some people gonna really listen to them, mm. uh, understand them, and take the devices actually from them because they have way more to give than their physical body because mm. this is way people judge them. Um, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's beautiful. I cannot wait to watch it. And I'm sure, um, yeah, I would love to see it. Um, I think that was. Forward Sorry? you. I will definitely forward you via email tonight. I would love that. that sounds Goodbye. great. So I think that is like a beautiful space to end, unless you have anything else that you would like to add, any future projects. I know that you've um, <laughs> expressed your 
distaste for social media but is there anywhere that we could like support or follow or keep up with your work like how can we interact with you how can the people watching interact with you, you in the know, um, I started finally thinking of making my website where I can literally put everything I want nice. and I'm gonna arrange that as soon as possible there is gonna be there is gonna be few possibilities. For example, I forgot the name in London. It's gonna be in September, the art fair, which is not officially officially announced, but everything is done. I can forward the name of this, but um, um, it's a creative agency named as Glimpse, Glimpse. And they're doing the, the art fair next to one of the biggest art fair in London. And there is going to be shown the I'm also doing a works for a theater now in Vienna and also in Hamburg. Um, and literally every day I'm working. Uh, I'm constantly busy with creating. I can't really say something really sparkling. <laughs> I think because I was talking also a few days ago with my husband that I need some excitement. I want something happening in my life that I'm like, wow, mm -hmm. I, I was waiting for this excitement. Um, maybe there is excitement, but I'm not really taking it as excitement anymore. I kind of somehow uh, get over with that. Mm. But what I would like to add, if there is going to be a beginner artist or established artist, it does not matter. I'm not an established artist either. I don't know when I'm going to become an established artist. Mm. Maybe never. But the advice I could give to the people who are creative and having some problems of finding their space in this world, the, the most important thing it is you don't have to listen to anyone, anyone. Like it does not matter your best friend, your partner, your sex buddy, whoever. People don't like your work, keep doing exactly what you are doing. Like people don't want to show your work, just keep doing it because this is exactly the, the best medicine, how you can achieve something in your life. Because, uh, Sooner or later, on one point, people are gonna give up not liking you just because you did not give up about yourself. And then most of the time, people does not like you. It's just because you touch something that they don't like to be touched. So, you know, this will be my advice that don't listen anymore. And just keep doing for yourself because this is most important. You have to do things for yourself not for other people, because then you lose yourself completely. Gorgeous. Thank <laughs> you so much. We're going to leave it there. Um, thank you.